Hi, Compound. It's me, Downtown Josh Brown. I'm here with Duncan. Say hi, Duncan. Hey, everyone. So we get all these requests that people want to hear What Are Your Thoughts, which is the live YouTube show that Michael and I and Duncan uh, do each week on Tuesdays. But we get a lot of requests where people are like, why can't this also be an audio podcast? And I think historically, we've held back from doing that because we want as many people to be there for the live uh, stream, for like the live taping as possible. And if they know that they can listen to it the next day, maybe it dilutes the audience a little bit. Um, But today, we're going to give you that audio uh, in lieu of having no Compound and Friends show this week because of Thanksgiving. Uh, Duncan, what do you think? I'm excited to see the response. We get people all the time saying, hey, I'd I'd like to be able to listen on my commute. It's not easy to play it on YouTube, uh, on the subway, that kind of thing. So are there things are there things that you will only watch on YouTube and that you will only listen to as a podcast? Or do you tend to go back and forth if there's two options? I I go back and forth. But if it's something with a, a lot of visuals, I typically will do do YouTube you'll wait for the YouTube or you'll, you'll only, yeah. So I think what are your thoughts has some visuals, but no more than the compound and friends does. And you know, a lot of people download that podcast as audio only. So, all right. So here's what we're going to do. This Tuesday night show is a great show. Uh, We're going to let you listen to that now as an audio only. And uh, Duncan is going to work on this pretty much up until the moment it's Thanksgiving at midnight. So hope everybody appreciates it. And we want to let you guys know how much we appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being part of the compound all year. Uh, we, we love you back and uh, hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, yo. Good evening to the mighty, mighty pound. I'm just checking the messages. You guys are on time. Everyone's early today. Sean is here. Cliff is here. John Carlo. Dave Airy. There's a dude in the chat named Fond of the Bonds. And he says, guys, isn't life crazy? I mean, how did we all get here? What is the meaning of life? How I ponder these things. Somebody Same. took a hit. Yeah. No, no weed before the show. This is a family, uh, family program. I see the, the beehive is lit up. Duncan is here tonight. Uh, Nicole's in the chat. John's in the background. We have a huge show. Let's get right to our sponsor. Who's sponsoring the show tonight, Michael? We've got a new one. Today's show is sponsored by Public. Okay. Public is, who are they? I'll tell you. They're an investing platform. You can invest in stocks, ETFs, crypto. Just kidding. But seriously, you can if you want. Art, collectibles, and more all in one place. Public is a modern trading platform. They make investing easy. It's a fully digital experience, Josh. Nothing like some of the clunky trading platforms of yesteryear. You can automate your investments, get financial reports and filings and all that sort of stuff. Now, I have to say, the show is for informational purposes only. Nothing should be relied on for investment decisions. Nothing. Even my stock tip. Nothing at all. For more information, go to public.com slash compound. We have to do this whole like double disclaimer now because of the new SEC marketing rule. So it's, it's not our idea to keep disclaiming things into the Stone Age. This is what's needed right now. And I actually think on balance, everyone will get used to it. Did you know hey, Did you know that investing involves a loss of risk? No, investing involves the possibility of risk. Ah! Close. Uh, by the way, CEO of Public uh, Life, uh, Abraham, did you meet him at Future Proof? Mm-mm. 
Okay, I interviewed him on stage. He actually sent me a text about the show. He said, random note, put more of the podcast content up on TikTok. Sitting in an airport right now, swiping TikTok, stumbled over the latest video and wanted to see more. But then the most recent videos were from over a week ago. Nicole, what are we doing on TikTok? Get with life's people. Let's Does figure t- something TikTok out. TikTok involves a lo- <laughs> the, the risk of addiction. All right, let's get started. TikTok involves the risk of a loss of your uh, time and uh, not time well spent. Okay. So, Bob Iger. Wait, you done? You done? You good? No, it's you're, my, you're look, first. Look, I'm, I'm the captain you now. Go. Bob go. Iger is back. This is big news. Bob Iger was the CEO of Disney for many years. Yeah. I don't know, 15. Uh, saw them through a lot of things. Marvel, Star Wars. Shepherded them into the digital, the direct to consumer age with Disney Plus and the stock, which has been terrible. Uh, the, the stock reacted okay, but probably not as good as bulls would have hoped. It popped like 10% of the open, closed near the lows. John Chardon, please, so some of these nice little candlesticks here. And today it was up, uh, you know, actually it was down today. Wait, let's see. No, so that black, it, gave, it that, gave up some of the Iger pop. That black is not a pretty, the, the second to, to the right on stock the 21st. Is going lower. Uh, it's not. It's not really what you want to say. Let's let's get Wait, to, to some stop, more charts before we get. Stop. What, leave what? this up. It, it, this what? this stock had a one day rally on the return of Iger, and then resumed selling off the next day. And close today, up near the lows, it's not. It's not pretty. And the Dow is up four hundred points today. Yep. This is yep. not like in a in a bad tape. Disney's a Dow stock. No. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. I'm telling you, this this stock. I don't think. I don't think we've seen the lows in this name. All right, really so, so a few more charts and then some some commentary, okay. some opinions. This is Disney in uh, purple, uh, Netflix in blue versus the S&P 500. The significance of the starting point is when Bob Chapek took over, which was right before the pandemic. Uh, mm. And then the next chart shows the year-to-date returns of all the streamers, which Wall Street couldn't get enough of the recurring revenue. And then, oh wait a minute! Interest rates, interest rates, and we couldn't—they couldn't sell the the recurring losses fast enough. So, purple, we're looking at the S and P five hundred. You've got Disney and Paramount neck and neck year to date down. What is that? Thirty percent? I can't see any glasses. And Netflix and and uh, Warner Brothers just uh, just obliterated. Yeah. So, couple chart off. Couple things about Chapek. Talk about it. Yeah. Couple things about Chapek. So he was the parks manager before he got the big job. And this is succession, by the way. This doesn't feel like succession. Totally succession. But I was going to ask you. He was cousin Greg. Yeah. Could you think of a worse time to be handed over Disney with the theme parks than during the pandemic? Like, can you possibly think of a worse moment? Not that it was done on purpose. Iger's succession. But had hang been on. Planned. Hang on. Can That's we pretty go- tough, dude. Can we rewind two charts, John, please? Mm. Rewind two charts. Uh, next chart. So Disney was was a darling of the pandemic. Because of Disney Plus, the growth was explosive. People were stuck at home. It was recurring. True. It was, and and it, did, it did incredibly well. He gets the benefit of that. The other criticism of him is that he's more of a manager. Chart off. Than a, chart off than a visionary. Like, he's a great manager, but he's not Eisner. He's not Iger or some of these, like, incredibly transformative uh, CEOs. And maybe the argument is, like, Disney didn't need a manager right now. It needed somebody with a little bit more. The other thing is he got into like these political scraps with the state of Florida, which by the way, I don't know how he would have avoided this one. So on the one hand, he's got the entire uh, gay community demanding Disney to take a stand and 
And then on the other hand, you've got the state of Florida, which is like obviously politically it's red right now. And DeSantis is like a take no prisoners kind of guy. So I almost think there was nothing he could have done other than what he thought was the right thing to do. And unfortunately, that that landed him there's in so, political there, trouble. There's so many stories in here. One story is the stock market is not the economy, but it is the company's economy or the company's currency. So the stock market is is very, very important. Um, the other thing is just personality-wise, this was Iger's guy. He chose him. Yeah. And he was he was gone. He was gone. And then for, he disowned him a little bit, though. He, he, and, and so and there was so, there was some like real coup shit going on. There was at board meetings. There was all sorts of of backdooring stuff. So a lot of drama in this. Um, he immediately came in and canned Kareem Daniel, who was the guy that was in charge of streaming, who was Chapek's right hand man. Um, yeah. I want to I want to talk over some of the charts from Alex Morris, who's got a kick ass Substack, The Science of Fitting. We had Alex on the pot on TCAF a couple months yeah, ago. Yeah. All right, great. so this is showing uh, the parks, which we know are on fire. Twenty and twenty one are just man. The pandemic, throw those out. Throw those man, out. Man, the pandemic left a dent, but but they're 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 uh, even as comeback. Their EBIT is up 17% versus 2019. So the parks are doing phenomenally well. Next chart, please. So linear and directed to consumer. So this is ESPN, ABC, the whole the whole enchilada. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, that's not that's not bad. It, it almost doubled over the last uh, six years. That's that's a pretty healthy Kager right there. But the problem is, of course, there was a huge next chart. There's a huge upfront investment. To get all these all these subscribers, how many subscribers do they have now? Damn it, I, I should know this. Disney it, Plus. It's over a hundred million subscribers. Yeah, it's over a hundred million. Um, but the, again, the problem is the the losses are. I I don't know if they blindsided the street. Um, but next chart, these this this should perhaps be negative. Think of these as losses. Next chart, please, John. Uh, last quarter they lost one point four billion dollars. Now they say that's the peak of losses. I don't think we we don't have the chart up. Yeah, yet. we don't have the chart. That's all right. Oh, we don't we, have. Okay, no problem. We, they, so they lost one point four billion. They've lost. I there think, it is. They've lost uh, eight billion dollars on this experiment. And it's not an experiment. It's working. It's working, but it's costing. It costs a lot of money. I read that they spent thirty billion dollars on filmed content last year. Does that sound possible? 30? That's the number. Yeah, between all the Marvel stuff. Yeah, sure. Why like not? the movies, the TV yep. shows. Yep. Maybe they throw sports in there. But I'm not sure. think about how Josh. Think about how quickly this story turned. That streaming was like was the thing. Well, there's one reason for that. Once upon a time, when interest rates were zero, company share prices got rewarded for how boldly they were going after new Wait users till you hear tomorrow's and future podcast. revenue. Ben takes a zag. He tries to dismiss the interest rate story. Oh, I cut he's fuck, I, he's lo- he's losing his mind. If he I gently see cut that. his head off. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Ben. I I, I know I'll, I'll be listening. Um, all right. So so there's that there's that component of it. Uh, but then I also think like all of the streamers are pulling back because like you have to use your stock price as a signal sometimes. And the signal is telling them all you have to slow down what you're doing. You are not getting rewarded for that anymore. Like that. that I think that's like I think that's like obvious, uh, but maybe not to people that, that have not sat in the chair. But like at a certain point, you have to listen to your stock price. Uh, I listened to Bill Simmons talk about this today. Did you hear that pod yet? Yes. Okay. So his take on it was like somebody like Bob Iger doesn't come back just to be a caretaker. He obviously has something big in mind that he wants to do. And they were like talking about, will they merge with Netflix no. or something? Doesn't make sense. I don't think the FTC would would even hear that. <laughs> I do. I don't think they would care. 
There's plenty you, of competition. Let it there. happen. There's plenty of competition out there. What's the market cap difference between these two stocks? Not that it'd big. Be almost, not that big. Twenty it'd be billion. Almost a merger of equals, right? Not that big. There's Paramount. There's there's Peacock. There's Warner Brothers. What do you do? Do you give like Reed? Hey, you give Reed Hastings the chair for anything filmed entertainment, and uh, and you run the rest. Is that the? Can we make rides out of some of the Netflix Dis- shows? Disney, Disney is also getting punished by Wall Street because linear TV is in secular decline. And there's a lot of questions about what that's going to look like in the future. What do they do with ESPN? Um, well, Dan Loeb wants them to sell ESPN, or at least originally he did, um, which I think they've like very strongly made the case that that would be a mistake. It's like one of the, even though linear TV is declining, that's still one of the biggest engines driving the story. Um, and we don't know if ESPN Plus is going to be a big deal or not. The chart looks it's, like the chart looks like absolute junk. I would be inclined to be a buyer rather than a seller. Not that you need to buy it, you know, right right here, but I think that the that there's been too much damage. Disney has support. If you go back to that first chart, uh, this doesn't go back far enough. Disney has support basically in the low 90s, and it already broke yeah. that. It broke below that and recovered very quickly. No, this doesn't do it. Yeah. The next, yeah. this doesn't do the trick. The next time it breaks below, I think it stays below. This, to me, it's going to take a really long time for people to gain confidence that the ship has turned. And by the way, buying Disney going into a recession has never worked out for anyone, regardless of who the CEO is. The company is just too big and too reliant on three different major economies. Don't forget, China, Europe, and the United States, not just the United States. And if two out of three of those are in recession or going into a recession, it just makes it that much harder to pull off a turnaround. All right. So, so do you think that that Iger leaves um, mission accomplished, or does he leave it, leave and uh, his legacy is tarnished? It said no. It said that he's part of what he wants to do is groom a successor. So I guess he didn't already feel like he's already done that. I mean, he's a young so, seventy or seventy, whatever he is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's it reminds me of Bra- uh, Brady a little bit, like. He's watching the stock price tank. You know he still owns a ton of stock. And he's probably saying to himself, I could fix this shit. Like, I could still do this. Sounds probably, like you. And I bet you, uh, yeah, it is me. Um, and then I bet you he got some calls. Like, I bet you it wasn't all his idea. Oh, he did, no, he probably, did get, he, did, he literally got a call from the head of the board in December. And they hadn't, they hadn't spoken since his, uh, since his exit. So he, he did get a right. call. So there's more. To, all right. He did. So that makes sense. All, all right, right. Let's move on. We're going to keep going here. Uh, Tesla is in a 50% drawdown, maybe a little bit worse by worse, now. Worse, worse. 57% drawdown. And Tesla's had big drawdowns historically, but Not I like think this. the last one that went this deep was probably in 16. John, next chart, black one. Yeah, not like this. This is the, all right, so this is the worst Tesla drawdown in terms of lost market cap. They've could lost you, could you believe, 700 billion in market cap. Could you believe that Tesla was a trillion dollar company? Dude, I, I thought Elon was about to become uh, the first human trillionaire. Like, he was on the way, right? Like, if, if that trend had continued. I don't know how much of Tesla he owns. Well, less well, now. Less now, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's calling that a chart crime. I'm not sure why. No, I, I'm not. okay with it. I'm okay with it. It's not. All right. So, maybe because it doesn't show any of the new highs along the way. So, it's it could be misleading. No, it's just showing show drawdowns. We got whatever, that. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, here's Charlie Grant at the Wall Street Journal. Shares in Elon Musk's automaker were down 7% in afternoon trading. This is yesterday. That was the single worst performer in the S&P 500. Uh, the sell-off was merely the latest in a long string of down days for the stock. Shares are down 21% over the past month. 
Tesla has lost 52% so far in 2022, lagging the S&P 500 by about 35 percentage points. So it's a bad tape. It's especially bad for tech stocks, but very, very bad for uh, for Tesla shareholders. Guess how much higher it is than its pre-pandemic high. From from 2019? Yeah. Is it probably double? 165% higher. It's It had such a ludicrous- it, it went up. Se- it went up seven hundred and fifty percent in two thousand twenty. Did it? Yes, and then another fifty percent in twenty one. Yeah. So that's that's the thing with this stock. This stock was one of the most shorted stocks in the market, and it went up seven hundred and fifty percent in one year, and then the next year another fit, which should not happen at the low. Another fifty percent at the low in two thousand twenty was twenty five bucks. It's 170 now. It was like, was it 400? It was, uh, it got as high as like 250. So it 10x off the lows. But uh, the, the, I don't know if this is ironic, but it's interesting. The company's doing well. Like the company is doing well. Look at, look, throw up this chart, John, please. The, these purple lines. So we're looking at the revenue up top. Looking at tons of yeah. free ca- tons of free cash. They're selling flow. cars as fast as they can make them. Healthy margins. The company is doing very well. Dude, this is right. This is not like they have lots filled with cars that no but one this wants. Is, this they is can't a, make them fast this, enough. This is a, this is this is a, probably an interest rate thing, but it's as much a Twitter thing. A hundred percent. Twitter is playing a huge part. Number one, because of how much stock he's had to sell personally, and then number two, you can't say that Twi- Twitter is not a distraction. And while you're witnessing him tweet 15, 20, 25 times a day. Like you you can't – if you're an Elon fan, you could just be like, listen, I wish he would stop and go back to Tesla. But you can't be like, oh, no, he could do it all because the, the market is telling you that that's not what's happening right now. Now, he could name a CEO of Twitter. It wouldn't even have to be a permanent CEO. That would probably be the most bullish thing he could do. For he Tesla will name stock. a CEO, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, it's still not cheap, uh, conventionally cheap. It's an automaker. Most automakers are selling like nine, eight or nine times earnings. Um, Tesla, this is Barron's Tesla stock trades at about 31 times estimated 23 earnings. That's the lowest PE ratio since the depths of the pandemic. I feel like that's a kind of a fair price for a company like this, but the S and P trades at 17 times estimated 2023 earnings. So it should, if, should, it, should it not trade at a premium to the S&P? Of course it should. I think it, I think it should and always will. Um, but uh, if it were to trade at 17 times like the S&P, it'd be a $100 stock. Could you imagine the stock at $100? Uh, yes, I could. You can? Of course, yeah. I we, feel like the whole stock market would have to get so much worse eh. for, for that to happen. I could I be wrong. This, I think this, this is its own beast right now. Listen, I'm not predicting it. Goes, who, who knows? Uh, I want to talk about Twitter for a second. Um, mm. so, so this, this was, I don't even know what day this was, but new email from Elon to the engineering team. Anyone who can actually write software, please report to the 10th floor at 2 PM today. Before doing so, please email me a bullet point summary of what your code com- commits have achieved in the past six months. So this is great for company morale. Um, why, wow, what is it? What, is, what is this? Like a mass fire, another mass firing? I don't, dude, it's just, it just sounds like a disaster. It sounds like just worse than you could have imagined. Casey Newton wrote, the resignations went deeper than Musk and his team had anticipated. By Thursday, the company was left with critical gaps in the engineering org. The core services group, which include which includes teams responsible for user services and servicing tweets, went down to just one person, we're told. And I have noticed uh, some, some change in the code. Some shit's not working. For example, this could be a slack thing, but I doubt it. I, uh, when I see a tweet that I want to put into the doc, whether it's this doc or, or, uh, TCAF or animal spirits or what have you, 
I hit the tweet, I hit send to Slack, and I send it to myself. That doesn't work anymore. I just get the spinning ball. And I have no doubt that that's an engineering thing at Twitter. It can't be Slack. Yeah, when you have all these connections to third-party apps and APIs, like it's a full-time job making sure that everything is always working the way it should. Because every time one company changes its code, all of the other companies have to like get in line with that. And that doesn't just happen magically. It's not a force of nature. So what's so funny? I'll tell you after. Um, okay. Are you um, ready to come over to Fintusk? I'm done with this shit. Did, did I you know, know, but you're not done with it, though. Uh, so, so they're holding off. So Elon tweeted yesterday, holding off on relaunch of Blue Verified until there's a high confidence of stopping impersonation. I mean, it's just such a cluster. I, I was looking at, I don't know why, what compelled me to do this, but I clicked on one of Morgan's tweets. Um, just to, I was like, oh, I, people say there's a lot of bots. Let me just check it out. Yeah. Dude, John, if you please, hold on. Uh, so this is just, it's just a tweet about nothing really. There's no Bitcoin in here. There's nothing. This is all nonsense. Can this I be all- honest with you though? Instagram looks just as bad, if not worse. Ever. Like, That's I fine. Could po- I That's could fine. post a picture. I could post a picture of my family. And the next 15 tweets before any human that I'm friends with sees it is like wealth with Maria, wealth with Sheila. Wealth and it's with just, Sheila's legit. But but Instagram that's the one you like? Okay. Instagram's been that way. This is brand new for Twitter. It was not always like this. In fact, it was not like this uh two months ago before whenever it was before he purchased this. Yeah. It's a um, show. Come to Fintusk. What what are you talking about? What is Fintusk? Fintusk. Is this Mastodon? It's- Yes, instead of FinTwit, it's Mastodon's version is FinTusk. Okay. And you should be with us on FinTusk no, where no, we're like apologetic no, to each other. No, we're like no. sharing our feelings. Yeah. It's like okay. a whole different okay. world. All right, next topic. We're going to talk about commodities. We're talking about Hashtag FinTusk. Hashtag, Hashtag finance. Hashtag off. Uh, commodities. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to look at DBC, which is like the broad basket, and then DBA, which is the agricultural Wait, part-time one. part-time Larry says a better name would be Fistadon. I don't know that I don't think that's going to take off, Larry, but I but I like it. So but I like it. So DBC. Wait, what? What it set me up again? What is this? We're, now? we're talking about we're talking commodities. Mm. DBC. This is year to date was up forty seven percent through the beginning of the summer. Um, uh, the ag one was up sixteen percent. The ag one gave back all the gains. DBC. The gains have been cut in half. It's still it's still hanging in there, but. Uh, Let's look at like some of the agriculture commodities. How much of DBC is oil and how much is gold? Probably a lot. Uh, I don't know much of it is gold. Uh, Next chart, please. Uh, Wheat, wheat in black. The spike is when Ukraine- Did you say wheat? I did. The the spike, I'm doing my Midwest thing. The spike is when Russia invaded Ukraine. We're looking at the black is wheat, which is now below those those, uh, invasion levels. Same thing with corn and same thing with crude oil, believe it or not. Funny thing about commodities, price spikes have a really interesting way of bringing on new supply and bringing out new sellers to come meet that demand. I know it's crazy, but it's just a thing that ends up happening very, very often. Fine, smart Alec. If somebody told you uh, in April, whenever that was, that the war would still be going on six months later and prices would be below where they are today, you wouldn't believe them. I wouldn't. Depends on which price. Wheat, probably not. We'd probably not. Uh, WTI, I, I'd probably say the United States will pick up the slack for whatever Russia is not sending out. Because the truth is we don't get supplied by the Russian oil market. So it, it, it's like we're actually a net exporter. So I would have I told you. I would have told you no problem. Lastly, let's look at a chart of gasoline. This is, this is a welcome thing. Mm. Thank That's God. It's a welcome thing. I don't know what 
what percentage of uh, inflation all of this stuff is responsible for, but it's a big one. It's a big piece. Well, you know what's interesting? Look at the uptick in gasoline usage that started around January 2021, which not coincidentally is when the, the vaccines um, came around. And then you see by spring, we're back over the, pre- uh, the pre-pandemic January 2020 level. And then it just doesn't stop from there. So this is not a Russia story. Russia probably just made it a little bit worse temporarily, but gasoline prices were going up as soon as people felt like they're ready to go back to work and ready it, to it, pour, it poured around. gas on the fire. Get it? No, it went vertical after yeah, yeah. Uh, after the invasion. No, th- right. The invasion happened long after it was already the price was already rallying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And that was also like one of those canaries in the coal mine. Like uh, retail gasoline prices were one of the first things that told us. There is like a real inflation. And we all said transitory, but like that was early to the story. Let's so. keep it moving because I've got parent teacher conferences tonight. Oh, good luck with that. Thank you. Shari did all those today. All right. Uh, inflation versus unemployment. This is a quick one. I would have ex- I would have thought the opposite, that people hate inflation more than anything because of how like negative all the polls are about the environment, the economy, Biden, whatever. But I not would more be, than not more than unemployment. I guess not. So, in a 2001 paper, a professor and his co-authors uh, studied surveys covering 300,000 people living in the U.S. and 12 European countries. And the question they studied was: Taken all together, how would you say things are these days? Would you say that you are very happy, pretty happy, or not too happy? This is from the journal. They don't ask about the economy at all, but the authors found happiness fell significantly when inflation was rising and unemployment was climbing. Um, But importantly, the two factors didn't necessarily carry the same weight. The misery index takes those two factors and equal weights them. And the author's point is that we actually should be weighting unemployment much more than we weight inflation given how much of a factor it is in people's happiness. Another paper uh, from 2014 implied the weighting on unemployment should be even higher, estimating one point of employment hurt well-being five times as much as a one-point increase in inflation. People are are sanguine about inflation. Um, The evidence that it reduces people's satisfaction is clear. It's just that one extra point of inflation does not hit as hard as an extra percentage point of unemployment. John, you have the charts from this? So you can see uh, the light pink is unemployment. Um, This is how the misery index is currently calculated. And they they add the two things up to get to that whole number. That's, That's in dark red. Let's go to the next one. And then this is some of the modified versions where they're overweighting uh, unemployment. So the bottom line is when people see that their neighbor lost their job or they hear about a family member who lost their job, they get anxious. They well, they will be much more unhappy than when they go to the grocery store and they see that eggs are up, you know, in, of course. In price. Yeah, that makes so, sense to me. Okay. Um, let's, let's keep it going. Uh, all right. Oh, this so this is a mess. <laughs> uh, where I, do you want to begin? Crypto. I call crypto the bond that keeps detonating. Um, this is your topic. But I think the big news today is that the U- I'm sure there's more, more important than this, but the U.S. Attorney General's office in the Southern District of New York was already investigating FTX sure they were. and other offshore exchanges. But I think, no, they weren't investigating because it was a Ponzi. 
I think they were trying to catch people laundering money or not paying taxes. That would that would be my that would be my guess. All right. Um, but all right. So, keep so, going. so so somebody tweeted a year ago. Twipped, so right now the shut off this for a sec, John. Let me just set the stage. This the big story in crypto today and over the last few days is centering around Genesis, who is owned by Digital Currency Group, which is owned by this guy Barry Silbert. Digital Currency Group owns uh, Grayscale, the GBTC Trust. They own CoinDesk. They own the biggest mining company. I mean, they are absolutely critical to the functioning of the crypto economy. And Genesis got caught with their pants down. They loaned three hours capital, $2.6 billion. Uh, they were making loans to, to uh, the parent company as well. And it's, it's just not looking very good. Uh, you know what centralization does? <clears throat> it stops the six biggest crypto companies in the world from all giving a margin loan to the same bullshit hedge fund. That's one benefit of centralization. If there's some sort of centralized repository of data, what do you mean on these who's companies, borrowing these what companies, from these whom? Companies, these companies were centralized. These are CFI companies. No, no, no. Cent a centralized system, not the companies themselves. It's the re there's a reason why every hedge fund is re registered with the SEC and why every asset manager every 90 days has to report their holdings and how concentrated their holdings are. We have this one hedge fund being responsible for taking down six out of the 10 largest crypto companies inside of a six month window. And what they all have in common is they all lent this company money and it seems endlessly and without a care in the world. If it were known amongst all of these crypto firms, because the data were somewhere blockchain or whatever, um, that, Oh wait, they borrowed 2 billion from you. How much did they borrow from this firm? Another four billion? How much did they borrow from you? A this billion? Is, this is Maybe not, it would have slowed down a little bit. This is not a. Uh, listen, this happened in traditional finance too. Bill Huang did the same shit. How many? But how many firms did he take down? He took a big bite out of Credit I think Suisse. He took and, Credit Suisse and, down. Yeah, right. So, but the other firms knew because no, they didn't. Was they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't know. They did not know. So why did Goldman from Sachs the, from, get out of all their get out of all they, their leverage? Because uh, they've loans got from they've him. got a good nose. They smelled the shit first. But it was Jay, I think it was Goldman. It was Morgan Stanley. It was Credit Suisse and somebody else. And the swaps that they were doing was done for that exact purpose, so that the counterparties could hide. Know what was no, going I on. I agree. So I agree. Thievery. Sometimes you know, there's fraud. These guys were fraudsters. But to show you where we are today versus where we were a year ago. This guy tweeted a year ago, crypto Twitter. Oh, so now DCG is trying to raise money is, is what I, where I was going with that. So a uh, year ago- Where can I send a check? Yeah, exactly. A year ago, t crypto Twitter raised $47 million in days to buy a copy of the constitution. Now we have Genesis, one of the largest crypto trading lending desks, they need a $500 million. Um, and they can't, they, you know, I don't know if the, they're having trouble getting it, clearly. Do you know uh, why? Because A- does anyone believe that they are profitably running a lending business? Well, how could no. you? Right. So, the, yeah. I mean, it's as simple as what is the Constitution going to cost you? It could drop in value relative to what right. someone else might want to pay gonna for get, it. You're not going to get margin calls. But like you're not going to have holes blown in the side um, of your, so, your balance so, sheet. So the saga continued today. So CZ from Finance tweeted, so Coin just decides to throw this f***ing grenade. So Coinbase custody holds 635K BTC for Grayscale. Four months ago, Coinbase, I assume Exchange, has less than 600K BTC. Just stating news reports, not making any claims. 
Uh, unbelievable, this guy. Why is he doing? Why is he, is he trying to sink himself at this um, point? Um, or do you I think don't know. He's short. I, I don't know what this guy's doing. But it, it, let me just finish the story because there's a resolution here. So Will Clemente tweeted. CZ now calling out Coinbase, stating that data doesn't sufficiently reflect the total G- Bitcoin GBTC claims to have. According to Glassnode, CB has 530K BTC, which is similar to what CZ said. Um, and then Blockworks came out. Brian Armstrong said, listen, if you see FUD out there, our financials are public. We hold 2 million BTC, 39.9 billion worth as of 930. And then CZ said, up. Oh, Brian Armstrong just told me the numbers in the articles are wrong. Deleted the previous tweet. Let's work together to improve the transparency in this industry. Yeah, this is making everyone feel great. This yeah, let's, app, work, this let's great. work together to make it so transparent this is that great. everyone goes bankrupt this, at, this at is, the same time. This is phenomenal. So you, you, asked, a, you, you asked a good question here, Josh. What? Wait, stupid, Go stupid ahead. question. Um, why would Coinbase publicly share the specific wallets that it's storing Bitcoin in for any customer? Isn't that just inviting somebody to try something bad? And isn't it likely that they're holding it in multiple wallets just because if one gets hacked, you don't lose the whole treasure trove of, of Bitcoins? I don't like, know. Are these enough, the right I questions? Because I, I don't, don't know about I this I don't stuff. know enough about the security of the stuff. I don't think if you could just hack somebody's address. For example, uh, on Friday night when I called you, GBTC put out this weird tweet saying that like we're not going to release, we're not going to show you our... And people are like, Excuse me. Yeah, so, but I, no. But I was like, yeah, maybe don't. Like, no, just, just just based on the just based on the crypto's reaction, crypto Twitter's reaction. I'm I'm inclined to say that that is not something that is that is something that people willingly share. What about so, my sec my second point? It's probably multiple multiple wallets. Yes. Well, Why would you clearly, store yes. everything together? Yes. You'd have to be yes. out of your mind. So you 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 asked a good question, Josh. Um, tweet, Peter Brandt tweeted. What did Peter Brandt tweet? Chart on, please. Did I put this in here? It's a tweet from Peter Brandt. Oh, maybe we don't have yeah. this. So, so he, so Peter Brandt tweeted. Um, he said, uh, "Oh, these do, are the magazine do, covers." John, he you said, have this? "This is the type of news that comes at there or near major market bottoms. The Economist, crypto's downfall, fall of a crypto empire and ruins. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Time will tell." Um, but my question to you is, uh, why? That would be too. That would be too easy. No, Just may, like, listen, maybe. Why? Shout but, to Peter, by but, the way. But how? 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 Why? How is crypto? How is Bitcoin out of ten thousand? Is there just the only thing that I what can come up with on, is what if it's on the way? <laughs> no, it could be. But what's it's taking so long? Twenty four hours a day. It's, it's another forty percent lower. So something, another shoe would have to drop. And listen, there might be a a, a a big fat Reebok to drop. Who knows? But it's it's hanging in there. Um, what do you think happens at the end of the year if it doesn't recover? And whatever institutions ended up adopting it, like, do they stick with it or do they just wipe it off the books to start the the next year fresh? Because I could picture something like that too. Which part? Uh, just people just take. I mean, everyone has tax losses in every asset class, but people just being like, you know what, get the shit out of here. Like, if it's a half of one percent of your fund, you're a hedge fund, or or, or you're a, an asset management firm, or whatever. Wouldn't you just be like, enough, goodbye? I don't know. I, I, mean, I can picture. Much, I'd rather be buying than selling. I mean. Um, what do I know? Uh, James Seifert tweeted, Eric Snyder, a bankruptcy lawyer for Wilk Oslander and who worked on the Madoff case just now on Bloomberg TV. Lawyers are billing at $2,000 an hour. We're looking at a burn rate of $10 million per month. Also says FTX customers are now looking at less than 10 cents on the dollar. This, oh is, a, this is a grade A disaster. Oh my God. What's just, this? Whales have been harpooned. Let's go through these. Oh, quickly. this is a good one. This is a good one. Again, Will, again, Will Clemente. So the black line is the price. The orange line is the number of wallets what does that say with the balance of more than 1000 bitcoin 
So, so, so the orange line crashed. Because people are selling their Bitcoin out of this big whale group? Yep. Is it, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. If everyone has leverage and their, their margin uh, calls are happening and they, they own shares in things that are blowing up, it makes sense that even the whales would be getting more conservative. Can, can, I, can, I, give you, can I give you the coup de grace of the day? I want it. Kathy just came out. Uh, oh, Kathy. <laughs> what are you doing? No, she didn't. That's not a. That's that's where. A, that's, where would she? she in she, what venue? Like she, was she stood on, on a street corner she, and yelled uh, this to, into traffic. Yeah. Uh, no, but it was Bloomberg. Did she, did she feel compelled to be like rushed in front of a camera to say this at this moment, or you think it was like an interview about something else, and they just were like, "Hey, Bitcoin, million." Like, what what could make somebody want to do that? Uh, listen. Uh, Conviction. Oh, last question. Which is worse? Somebody who started one of these crypto exchanges that's blowing up and just looks shady as shit or somebody who's like uh just looks dumb like like for having invested in this and and didn't uh um, well, do due the, diligence the, the, or whatever the, then i look really oh you mean the venture capitalists yeah yeah like Listen, what's I, what's worse you're 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 shady because you're that's involved worse. that's or worse. you're stupid it's because not, you it's didn't... not stupid it's not stupid listen drawer it's tricked drawer polite had a very good take on this Venture capitalists, the risk is not being wrong. They swing and miss all the time. Is it 95% of their investments go to zero? The big risk is missing out on a grand slam. So I'm not excusing and saying that the due diligence, no, it's all good. It's all good. I'm just saying it is a risk profile that is not as if they're like picking stocks. Counterpoint. And they were defrauded. Counterpoint. We are at a juncture where some of the people that have a billion dollars in crypto and crypto related stuff, they're going to have to choose either like, either like, uh, not shady, but like, yeah, I'm really smart and don't worry what I'm doing with this or shit. I'm dumb. And SBF is trying this. He's like, Oh, I'm bad at math. Yeah. Okay. Like that is not, it's not, yeah, dude, if go you to start jail. an exchange and use customer funds, I'm bad at math is not going to work. Like it's oh, just fucking thief. There's uh, no. He went to MIT. He grew up on the campus of Stanford, and 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 worked at Jane Street. Yeah, he's and, bad he's, at math. and he's bad at math. Yeah. Oh, whoops. That, whoops. Uh, I don't think so, dude. I didn't read this article yet, but Sequoia. This is from the information. Sequoia has only invested about ten percent of the dedicated six hundred million dollar crypto fund that launched earlier this year. This means that it's oh, over so five hundred million. Actually, then this is actually a good thing. They could buy whatever they want now. They could buy Genesis. They can do it. They can do it, right? If they only committed 10% and they have a crypto dedicated fund into the, the crypto Great Depression, theoretically, they'll be in like the best position out of anyone. No? Too simple? We will see. We will see. The story, just, the story yeah. is still being written. All right. They where should, are we, they where should we probably just buy value stocks with the money. All right. Uh, last thing Icon, short GameStop, and not much of a reaction. So Reddit was pretty – let's put this up. GameStop price and percent off all-time high. It's a terrible chart. GameStop's in a in a 80% give or take uh, drawdown um, from its all-time high. And Reddit is pretty quiet. There's a Bloomberg article. Get this chart. Count- it's an assault on my eyeballs. Sorry. They counted the messages, and they said about 250 messages on Reddit about – That's it? Yeah. Like nobody – I guess nobody really gets fired up about him because he's like, I don't know, 80. 
It's not about Icon. It's about GameStop. They've they've got to be watched. You don't think it? You don't think it was like some young hotshot thirty eight year old fund manager? Nope. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be like drawing the the ire of the crowd. Who was the guy that got blown out of? Was it Blaine or or Gabe or? It was David Blaine. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the guy, the hedge fund manager that got blown out of of GameStop uh, two years ago, he wasn't like a hot shot. He was just a he was just a Wall Street guy. No, dude. No, dude. He was a huge deal. He was this is not guy, to this the not that, to the Reddit crowd. Oh no, no, no! But this is a guy that got seated by Stevie and Ken. Okay, and Carl's <laughs> not a big deal. He's the he's the whole deal. All right, I get yeah no. So I guess my point is. Uh, people don't get worked up. People aren't getting as worked up anymore about shorting these. They're stops. gone. They're washed out. Hello. They, they uh. Oh, Rishi. Rishi sent me a message because I okay. said this on TV today. I'm like, where's all the Reddit? He said, actually, thanks, Rishi. Uh, AMC is still the most commented upon stock. On stock, I guess on, on stock twits. Hmm. So they're not all gone and they're not all washed out, but maybe they're gone from the GameStop story. Guess we'll never know. Okay. Uh, we're doing two things tonight. I'm going to do them quickly. I'm making the case for a stock that I bought yesterday. Let's do that. What do you got? This is uh, this is Ooh, a trade. I love this stock. Okay, really? Yes, I do. All right, Go so, on. So this is Enphase Energy. It makes solar microverters mm-hmm. or whatever the hell that is. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. You need but, you need to connect the solar cell to the electricity generation. This right, is the company that so sits here, in the here, middle of it. Here's what I know: the stock is going up. Next chart, and it's setting up for another break. <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's setting up for another breakout. Um, the finite <laughs> inverters, <laughs> <laughs> microverters. Hey, this is a good time to remind everyone, nothing you see or hear on this show should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell and, any security. I mean, listen, investing guarantees risk and loss. Uh, but look at some of the, look at some of these numbers. Okay. This is it's right to left. It's a bit weird, but Q3 uh 21 uh just look at this growth. 350 million dollars in revenue. 530, 630. It grew 20% quarter over quarter, I believe. It's up 70% in Europe for reasons that are, are obvious. The uh, next chart, please, John. So the, the stock has been on absolute fire and it's supported by the fundamentals. The, the, the business is on fire. Up top, you got revenue. You got gobs of free cash flow. You got healthy margins. Uh, guidance for Q4 was great. Um, but all, how, all, come again, all, how come you didn't bring this up to Gregor McDonald on, on the pod for, uh Thursday. This would have been a perfect stock to talk about. Were you not involved in it yet? I bought it yesterday. Okay. Again, be that as it may, I'm here because the stock is going up and it looks like it's going to break out. If it breaks down, I will probably kick it to the can. Where's your stop? Uh, that I'm not sure. I'm really I not would sure. Tra- I would trail this hush puppy with a with a rising 50 day and check it every Friday. That's what I would do. Uh, but if it doesn't, honestly, if it doesn't break out here, I'm pro- I might I might just be gone because it, it, this um, is it's at, it's at the point. Yeah, and and a stock like this. Once it does disappoint for whatever reason, like there's so much hot money. Oh, oh, by the way, it's trading like it's trading at a ludicrous multiple, but it's interesting. What's the RSI? How overbought is it? It's it's not overbought. No, it's not. It's been going sideways. Okay. Uh, But it's it's one of the few companies that has a nosebleed valuation that's kicking ass. It's at a like hundred times earnings, something yeah, like listen, that. Yeah, uti- listen, you it's growing utility, like, it's growing utility like scale uh, electricity generation from solar is only going in one direction, and it's and it's you know, gets in the market cap. It's it's big. What is it? It's forty. Forty billion. Yeah. Okay, I think this is an IPO in the last five years or so. Yeah, yep, yep, that right? Yep, yep, it's one I of the few so. that like it's one of the few that like really grew into its valuation and then some. So I will. Huge so winner. I would love to buy up here and and sell higher. We will see. 
Probably okay. somewhere. Uh, I'm doing trying? a mystery chart. John, my mystery chart, please. You guys can play along with you guys can play along with us. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get this because it's not an S&P 100 name, but I will tell you it is a stock and it is in the food or restaurant industry. Does anyone want to take a crack at this? Michael, food, would you like to take a crack at this? Food or restaurant? Can you be can you give me anything else? Uh well, no because then you would be having it your way and that's not how oh, mystery chart works. Oh, okay. What do you got? Uh Wait, have it, was that Burger King? Yes. It's called uh, Restaurant Brands International, RBI. Yeah. All right. So this is the chart. So here's what I want to tell you. This stock- By the way, don't look, do this shit. The, who, 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 see, I, see, I'm a man of the people. I give people the opportunity to guess. You start off with, oh, you're not going to guess this. Well, then what's the fun in that? You did. You said Burger King. Well, because you, you gave me the slogan. All right. So there are people in the chat saying McDonald's. They were wrong. There are people saying Tyson. There, you got Come it. Come on, what? make it fun. All right, what's up? All what right, do we got? Listen, what do you got? Listen to me. Put that chart back up. You see this breakout? Yeah. What's the what's the ticker? QSR. You you, you, you don't you, you don't want to mess with this, do you? You I'm don't want to get in the way of this thing, right? You see what's about to happen here, right? Okay. Here's what's going on. Um, this is Tim Hortons and Burger King and, Pope, and Popeyes okay. and something called Firehouse Subs, which I guess is regional. I do like Norwegian. subs. I love anyway, Tim Horton is like uh, Canadian Starbucks or Canadian Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, but Burger King is really, I think, the biggest chain in here. Here's what's going on. This guy, Patrick Doyle, that took over Domino's in 2010, immediately remade the pizza and completely changed that company forever. Um, John, next chart. Look, this is Domino's versus the S&P from the time Patrick Doyle took over as CEO. The Doyle rules. O'Doyle absolutely ruled. No, but he, what he did was he built the app and he changed the recipe and he made a great pizza and he made it too easy to order. And as a result, that stock went up 5,300% versus an S&P that went up like 2X. Can I ask you a question? Um, he is the new CEO of Restaurant Brands International. And not only that, he put $30 million of his own money into the stock and his compensation plan is really betting on himself. Can and I, I love when I see that. Go ahead. The Burger King on Merrick Road. Yeah, no one's ever there. A little sketchy? Nobody nobody is ever that, goes there. Is that prime real estate? You ever see McDonald's? But McDonald's is right next door, and it's booming. Cars out into on Road. Out of the Road. street. So that Burger King, how much money is that thing bleeding a month? That's got to be a front, well, no? So, no, but so here's the thing that you have to understand. These are oh, all yeah. franchise locations. No, no, no. These are all franchise locations. You know what these restaurant companies are really making the money on? The franchise fee, like the upfront setup, and Who's then a small royalty. It? That's why my point. Well, I'm so glad you asked. The number of Domino's in America tripled because he made the product sell itself via technology and and having better recipes. Are you getting All of a Whoppers sudden, delivered? I do like the sesame buns. They have sesame buns. I do like the sesame buns. Are you getting Whoppers delivered? Are you saying that Uber Eats and Grubhub aren't delivering tons of fast food every day? Burger King is that what we're, is that what we're saying here? That's what that's what I'm saying. That no, is prime real be, estate. Something's going on. I'm going to tell you that I would bet with this guy. So here's the setup. Uh, back to the original chart. It's very this extended. Is, it's extended. I think it's going to have a low volume pullback to where it broke out from, which is 62. Yeah, you buy it. And if it holds 62 on that next pullback, that's where I'm going to get very interested. So anyway, that's uh, that's my mystery chart. Right, uh, I know setup. I wasn't supposed to make the case, but there that's I go setup. making the case. It's a good setup. 
All right, Michael's got a parent-teacher conference, so we're going to say goodbye tonight. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, tomorrow is Wednesday, all new animal spirits. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please leave a like if you enjoyed the show this evening. We love you guys for coming on time, being part of it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.